And welcome on in to CBS Sports Radio. It is Ryan Hickey here with you on this Tuesday evening. Appreciate you making us a part of your night right here on CBS Sports Radio. If you are just joining us or unfortunately uh, ready to leave us soon here, I got good news. Well, number one, thank you for being with us right here. Number two, download and subscribe to the Hick at Night podcast so you can stay up to date with what you missed or what you are about to miss now going forward. It's best spot to get every single piece of content right here uh, from me on CBS Sports Radio. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Uh, Heck and Night podcast. Again, Night spelled N-I-T-E. That way you can stay up to date with what we're talking about. Hear the discussions progress as we go along through the night. Hear in a little bit why AI robots are going to just take over this earth and we are truly as a society doomed. Like, I'm not kidding. The beginning of the end is here. We are screwed. We are screwed. So don't want to miss that. Best way to stay up to date with everything going on. Hick at night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E plus throughout the week. Also bonus audio uploaded as well. Okay, so we are halfway through the NFL season. Which teams are still in the playoff hunt? I want to play a little game of buy or sell here. Are we buying this team as a playoff contender? Or are we selling them and saying, yeah, you know what? Their record says they're in the mix, but come on. They're not really in the mix. So it's time for a little Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio edition of NFL Buy or Sell. All righty. It it takes more than one Ryan to tackle this segment. That's why we welcome in producer extraordinaire Ryan Botcher. Hello, Ryan. Hello, how are you? How are you? Thank you for for hosting this, this tremendous game. I'm not a very good uh, Pat Sajak-esque. I don't know. Who was Price, Price right? The other guy. The glasses. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey? He was Drew Price, Carrey. Drew Carrey. Drew, sorry, Jim and Drew. Drew Carrey, you're right. Yeah. He's right now, at least. Mm-hmm. Okay. couple of teams here. Buy or sell. This is not really a great game show, but we're here for it. Wait, what do you, what, what do you mean it's not a great game show? Like, it's not complex. Now, what is game shows are not complex? Price is right. You're you looking at you saying guess high or lower, have, and most smart people just guess a dollar above the next person. Have or, you seen Plinko? What? There's no strategy. There is strategy to Plinko. Oh my! Either way, the Houston Jeez, Texans. I'm trying to not Jeopardy here. We're, we're you know breaking down the atom. We should do Jeopardy. I'd be terrible at that. Unless yeah. it's sports Jeopardy. Yeah, we I just, love watching the nerd struggle. <laughs> that is that makes me feel better. I'll be honest. I do appreciate that. Okay, Houston Texans. Four and four, just beat the Buccaneers. Do they have a chance at the playoffs? Tremendous game from CJ Stroud on Sunday, but I got to say sell. Sell. If you look at it going forward here, I think bare minimum, you need nine wins to make the, um, to be in the race to make one of the seven seeds in the AFC. And they still have on their schedule, as Ryan just outlined, they're four and four. They still have games against the Bengals, Jaguars, and Browns. I don't think they're winning, honestly, any of those three. So that's already three losses right there. So if you're talking about four and seven and needing to win, what is that, 11, six? Basically, you have to win five out of the next six or five out of the last six games to make a playoff spot. I just don't think that consistency from this still young team is there. And it's looking right now, like you look, the team ahead of them right now holding the, the team ahead of them is the Bills and the team behind them is the Chargers. I trust both of them more, to be honest. So it's been a tremendous year. 
That should not put a damper on what CJ Shroud is accomplishing because the fact that they're even in this game halfway through the year, I thought would have never been the case whatsoever before the season started. So just the fact that Stroud has his team right now on the game show, the most complex game show, some are saying, some, in, uh, in all of radio, that's a testament right there to what has already been, I would deem, a successful season. But in terms of being a real playoff contender this year, I'm going to sell. Sell. Another team. Well, uh, really fast here, right? Okay, to, to make okay. the game a little bit more complex. I have been accused on this station by other hosts on this station of being a hot take artist. So I'm going to have need you to serve as a voice of reason here. Okay, okay. Is are You, you can check me if you want. Are you, are you with me here that there's a sell? Are you still buying that there's actual hope for Houston? Houston doesn't have enough talent besides quarterback, left tackle. I like their corners, but other than that, they have no real, I would say, superstar level player on that team. So I don't say that's that crazy to say the Texans okay. are not going to make the playoffs. Okay. So the voice of reason says it's a good sell. Okay, but we're one for one. Okay, next team, the Commanders. Uh, they should still be the football team. That was the best name they had. True. That's do, a good point. Do they, do they got a chance in the NFC East? Well, number one, we'll buy the, the Washington football team is a way better name than the Commanders. Buy. You're 100% right about that. I'm also buying the Commanders as a legit playoff team. I like the confidence I'm seeing from Sam Howell. He's seeing the field, and more importantly, let it rip. He's not afraid anymore. He's not being hesitant. And you have that coupled with the fact that you have some good talent on this team. Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson. Like, there is some real talent on this commander's team, even though that they were buyers at the deadline, right, in trading Montez Sweat and trading Chase Young. I still think we're sitting here talking about a Washington commander's team that's, in, that's going to be in the playoff run, or in the playoff mix, I should say, the rest of the season. I mean, the NFC is wide open. Like, I think if you look at it right now, I should say wide open, but I think the seventh spot is wide open. Like, currently right now, halfway through the season, I think the Eagles, Lions, 49ers, the winner of the NFC South will leave that um, open right now. Cowboys, Seahawks are playoff locks. So again, Eagles, Lions, Niners, NFC South winner, Cowboys, Seahawks. Those are six teams I think are locked in for the playoffs. So you now have that seventh spot wide open. And you are fighting primarily, if you're the commanders, with the Vikings, now with new quarterback Josh Dobbs, and the Falcons with their new quarterback and Taylor Heineke. Right now, I trust Sam Howell more than I trust Joshua Dobbs. And good news to the Commanders is they hold the tiebreaker over the Falcons. They played them head-to-head earlier this year and won. So, yeah, they traded the deadline, which I think was still the right move for them, get some pieces back. That does not mean, though, they're going in the tank. Commanders, buying their playoff chances. Buy. That wasn't that crazy. Okay, so we're two for two. They're, they're inconsistent, but you can see where they'd fit in. I'm not sure. They played the Eagles twice already, so yes. they're done with their hard part of the and NFC East. played them well, too. Yeah, and the Cowboys, do they play them at all yet? I don't. No. No, nope, so that's probably two L's. But other than that, they're they're really solid. Their receivers are great. No edges really anymore, but that's what they'll do. Sam Howell's been good. Uh, Buccaneers. Lost this week, we said, to the Texans. I don't know. That's a brutal loss. Absolute brutal loss to them. With that said, though, Give me the bye, Ryan. Bye. It's a little crazy. Division. Okay, let me explain. Because I get it. They're losers of four straight. It's not been pretty. Here's why there's still hope in Tampa. Number one, the division is your only path to the playoffs. You're not getting in as a wild card. That seventh seed is not for you, even though it's wide open. It's a three-team race. You're not one of the three teams. So when you look at the division, the division is anything but right now over. 
Like the Saints are not running away with it. And I don't feel confident going forward that they'll play at a you know consistent level. I mean, two weeks ago, they destroyed the Colts defense, put up 38 points. Derek Carr looked really good. And then last week against the Bears, who don't have a very good defense at all, it's kind of a ho-hum effort. You're not really inspired by their offense. So that's even with the talent they have with Alvin Kamara, with Chris Olave, with Michael Thomas, like they don't consistently put it all together and are not as good as they should be. And so the Buccaneers, I don't think you can write them off, even though the Saints right now are leading the division, because I can't see the Saints playing consistent football for the second half of the year. Now, you need your defense to make a stop. I mean, I liked what I saw offensively from Tampa Bay um, after they were lifeless and Baker Mayfield struggled the last few games. It's nice to see him get back on the right track and lead a, what I thought was going to be a game-winning drive um, late in the game before CJ Stroud's and not so fast, about 46 seconds left. But you look at, to their schedule, right? Because it's not only just the division you're in your schedule. You're three and five. But they still have four division games left. So the division is wide open and you're, you're still in control of your own destiny, including... Two against the Panthers, which right now, record-wise, and how they play are the worst team in the NFL. So, schedule is very manageable. I mean, they have the 49ers and the Jaguars. Okay, probably going to lose those. But, again, you're only getting in through your division anyway. Four division games left. You already beat the Saints one time. Getting two games against the, the uh, Panthers. I still think that the the, bra, the Buccaneers are alive. Maybe not well. Maybe not breathing easily or comfortably. Still breathing, though. Bye. You don't disagree. And you don't agree. Sorry. I don't agree. I just don't think Baker Mayfield wow. is going to be able to put a team on his back anymore, or has he ever. And on top of that, they relied too much on the running game to be anything for the open the passing. So you had a good Rashad White game. That's right. This week, you saw the offense clicked. I don't think that's going to be able to sustain, though the defense did kind of suck this week. Kind of. The Texans. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you blow the game with <laughs> 24 seconds left. Was it 48 seconds left? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they're consistent enough. And that I've seen it with Todd Bowles with the Jets. He doesn't know when to do the right things. He punts the ball away when he shouldn't. And he's very, very passive with the rock. Do me a favor, Ryan. Text me your address because here's what I want. You are doubting Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield thrives when the doubts are at their highest. I want you to send me your address so that when Baker Mayfield pulls off this second half comeback and leads the Buccaneers to the NFC South crown. And they are hosting a playoff game in January. I want Baker to be able to fly up to where you live with a Buccaneers flag. And just like he did at Oklahoma, plant the flag in your front yard and say, here I am. Come get me now. Maybe grab his junk too. He got evicted from the other stadiums. (laughs) He's been in the progressive commercials. He can't really say much. Damn. Okay. That's a good spot to have Baker. Baker being doubted is when he's at his best. Which is like every week. Well, that's also true. Yeah. Okay. The New York Jets. They suck. Do they have any hope? Are they alive? I don't know. No. Sell. I don't got to tell you, Ryan. But anyone with two eyes can watch this offense and say, you can't be a playoff contender with an offense that is that bad. And the thing is, and you're a Jets fan, you tell me here. I don't think enough blame is going around to the rest of the roster. Zach Wilson stinks. He's not very good. Not That's not a shocking statement. That's not a statement that no one else didn't know beforehand. But I don't think it's just the quarterback. The receivers outside of Garrett Wilson are not very good. Uh, Al Lazard is dropping balls. No one else is getting open. No one else scares you if you're a defense outside of Garrett Wilson of getting open and, and changing the game. Tight ends are disappearing. 
The running backs, again, I think a little bit not their fault and out of control just because of the offensive line not being very good. But the run game, again, for a team with a great defense, if you want to kind of do what the Jets did uh, on their run to two straight AFC title games with Mark Sanchez in 09 and 010, great defense, great running game. That running game is nowhere near as consistent to rely on to help this offense going forward. The offensive line, as we just said, is not very good. And your play caller stinks. Like, it's Zach Wilson is a major problem. But also part of the reason why I'm selling is I think there are a lot of other issues with the rest of the offense as well. Yeah, you're 100% right. There's, besides the Corey Davis retirement at the beginning of the season, which really hurt their receiving core, you'd think that Alan Lazard would get open and not potentially have two costly penalties, drop, and ruin the entire room on top of the fact that C.J. Uzama should not be getting the ball. Tyler Conklin is okay at best. And then you have an undrafted wide receiver as a wide receiver three, and we are basically halfway through the season. That's not a recipe for success. No, it's not. And that's just like you look at it. Again, I don't got to tell you as a Jets fan, but it's just like, like, I'll be honest. I don't. How did you feel going to last night's game before the game? Cautiously optimistic because I knew the defense would show up because they always show up, especially in prime time. That's actually, I think, the worst case scenario for the like for Jets fans is the defense is so elite that you have a reason to go into every game thinking we have a chance. And at four and four, like they're playing the Raiders this week. Sunday Night Football, you should go into that game thinking you have a chance. But it's almost like, I feel it almost makes it worse because then you get your hopes up and you expect, okay, we could contend. And then you watch it off and you're like, oh my God. Like what, like this team stinks. But all it is is like you need one fluke play and they're back in it. You saw it with the Giants and... You're like, oh, they're back in the game. I don't know how they won because the defense is that good. But that's the part, and that's part of the problem. Like, that's what just frustrates me so much with this Jets talk. It's just like they need a insane fluke to go their way to have a chance to win games. Can't be a playoff contender when that's like the recipe for success. Sell. Uh, your Indianapolis Colts. So you agreed and you sold the Jets? 100%. They're, they're not. They're I will chance. agree with my team. Sell my team. Colts are not a playoff That's surprising. The schedule's manageable. I will like it's not a difficult schedule. They have one game against, excuse me, the Bengals um, next month, which now looks like impossible. Forget it. They're not winning that game. But it's like other than that, every game they play is winnable. I just don't trust Gardner Minshew. I don't trust Gardner Minshew to hold on to the ball. He's been very turnover prone. He doesn't push the ball down the field whatsoever. And I'm a little worried he's getting figured out. Like, last week against the Panthers, they beat the Panthers. Panthers stink. Colts offense did nothing. I think it was like 189 yards of total offense. Against one of the worst defenses in the league, and they needed two pick sixes from Kenny Moore, which actually, you know what? That reminds me. The Defensive Player of the Week is brought to you by the Navy Federal Credit Union, who proudly serves the Armed Forces DOD, veterans, and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Kenny Moore is, and rightfully so, the Defensive Player of the Week. Why, you ask? He made franchise history on Sunday with not one, but two interceptions returned for touchdowns. <laughs> I'm going to laugh at what you wrote here, Ryan. Okay. You wrote only the 30th person ever in the NFL to accomplish that feat. I think that's a good amount of people. Like, that's more than I would think have thought. Think of how many years. They're 102, 101 years. You're right, but it's like, think about how often you get one pick six, let alone two by the same player in the same game. 
I would have honestly said if you asked me that question, like trivia, how many people have had a two pick sixes in one game? I would have said like five. Five. Eh. It but, is like I mean it's the first time in Colts history it's happened. They've been around for forty five years. Forty like, years. You've got to think about how many games there are. There's it was sixteen for forever, and then it went up seventeen. So that times seven thirty two teams. It's insane. The odds are in the favor. I guess I mean thirty is a yeah, still in the grand scheme of things, but I'm laughing just the only thirty. I would have guessed the number to be way, way lower. But hey, either way, the Colts needed Kenny Moore to win that game again. You t- just do the math. Take away two touchdowns, you win twenty seven thirteen. You were tied with the Panthers, 13-13, if not for Kenny Moore. I just, I just can't trust this offense going forward. Even though they are a top-10 offense, and here's a fun fact, Colts, only team in the NFL, score these 20 points in every game. But, again, inconsistency. I'm worried about the turnovers. Defense not very good. Manageable schedule, but for the Colts being a playoff contender the rest of the year, I will sell. Sell. All right, we got two more, right, guy. What we got here? Okay. Minnesota Vikings with a rocket scientist at the helm. Bye. Give me Bye. Mr. Rocket Scientist and Josh Dobbs. We trust. And this team has truly rebounded since starting 0-3. Defense is playing better, and the offense has been clutch. And even though, again, Josh Dobbs comes in, be, you know, is the hero after not really knowing anyone's name on the team and leading them to victory over the Falcons, this is a team where, again, you look at the schedule, it's manageable. Right now at 4-5, and five, we talked about before with the Commanders, there's a three-team race for the seventh and final spot in the NFC. Commanders... Vikings, Falcons. What? Any of those three teams absolutely better than the other two? I can't say so. So the Vikings, like, if you're going to, I think it's only going to get better from here offensively with them, with Josh Dobbs. Um, And you got uh, Justin Jefferson on the mend as well, coming back healthy. Vikings, absolutely buy it. Playoff contender. Buy. But then you mentioned the last team here, the Falcons. I don't know. I I don't see with them. Really? You're saying sell? On the Falcons, okay. the last team. Is it quarterback? Is it just overall quarterback, team? Quarterback, coaching decisions. Are you a decisions. John Robinson fantasy I'm not football actually. holder that's having some grudges against the head coach? I'm actually uh, a pityer, a pity pity fan for Kyle Pitts and Bijan Robinson. I took Kyle Pitts. I'm you getting did? burned by Again? that. Again? Mm. I'm getting burned by that. Yeah. I suck. So the coaching's not there. Their top corner hasn't been great this year. Other than that, their quarterback is very bad, but you look at Heineke or Desmond Ritter, so that's first opinions. Okay, I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy. I'm buying, baby. Give me some Falcon stock, even though Arthur, uh, Arthur Smith has screwed me here with, with Kyle Pitts, fantasy-wise. But it's like, kind of when we talk about the Bucs, like, this division is not set in stone going forward where it's like the Saints to lose. Plus, I mean, I like Taylor Heineke. He's someone that does have some second half of the year magic. It's not sustainable, like, in a big sample size in terms of having him start for 17 games. But he truly is a – not a leap. Okay, that's like a crazy – he is, though – he is clutch and a, and a playmaker. When you take him off the bench in the second half of the season and you need him to win some big November, December games, that's what's happening here in Atlanta. I think Heineke still continues to drum up some magic here and gets the Falcons to be a playoff contender the rest of the year. And, again, just like the Bucks. Four games against the division left. Two against right now the leader in the Saints. Destiny's in your hands. I'm buying the Falcons. Bye. That is what some are saying. The most intriguing, exciting, difficult game show played in sports radio. When we return here, 
since we are halfway through the NFL season, I want to give you right now the midway point, the team I've been impressed with the most, and a team I've been the most disappointed in in the NFL. We'll do that when we do return here, right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Ryan Hickey with you on a Tuesday on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. Oh, we're screaming all right. It's Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. So we're halfway through the NFL season. The team I've been most impressed with so far this year, it's been the Houston Texans. I mean, I'll be honest, I did not think they would get to four wins this season, let alone at the halfway point of the year. And I've said on this radio, uh, the radio station multiple times here, and numerous time slots too, so I'll own it. I thought at the end of the year, of the three quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks taken in the first round, I thought for sure CJ Shroud would be the worst of the three. I thought Bryce Young would be better. I thought Anthony Richardson will be better. And to Shroud's credit, he has been by far the best. By far the best. He's been accurate. He's been tough. And he did something I did not think he could do. And that's make everyone around him better. There's not a lot of talent on this Texans team. He's kind of making do with, you know, paper clips and, and chewing gum and some string. But the offensive line is being barely held together, and he is someone that's still making their way and fighting through it. The receivers like Nico Collins, Tank Dell's a rookie, like they're inexperienced and, and not big-time playmakers at the moment, so he's still being able to have a lot of success with those guys as his weapons. And coming over from Ohio State, when you play with so many talented guys, I just wasn't sure how he would play when the talent discrepancy is not on his side. He's done a great job in Houston. Again, he's he's made D'Amico Ryans look good. You had a new offense coordinator in Bobby Slowick as well. That's uh, him. Those two have gelled. Stroud's been tremendous. He's been absolutely tremendous. And they're beating some good teams. Like, they smoked the Jaguars earlier this year for their first win of the season in Jacksonville. Jacksonville hasn't lost a game since then. They've been on a uh, on a roar. But the Texans so far at 4-4, four and four, I've been really impressed with. They've been tough. Even in games they lose, they're still hanging in. And C.J. Stroud has been a big reason for it. He has been right now easily the best rookie quarterback of any drafted. And right now the front runner to an offensive rookie uh, of the year. He's been tremendous. Very impressed with the Texans. On the flip side, team I've been most disappointed with this season, it's the Denver Broncos. I believe Sean Payton was the perfect fit for this team. I mean, let's keep the bad takes rolling here. I picked Denver to make the playoffs this year in large part because of him. I thought Russell Wilson's still a talent. I thought a lot of the reasons for failure last year was Nathaniel Hackett and that you bring Sean Payton in, he would have turned things around and turned things around quickly. Not been the case. He's been a big disappointment so far. I mean... Just from the pure fact of he called out Nathaniel Hackett before the uh, before the season. Called him one of the worst head coaches he's ever seen. And then loses to the guy at home a few weeks later. That's egregious. Sean Payton is better than that. That was a major disappointment. Now, the offense really since that game has turned it around. A nice win over the Chiefs. The last time we saw him on our TV screens last week. So things seemingly are turning around and getting a little bit better. Russell Wilson quietly 
is having a bounce-back season. But that offense with a slow start, it taking longer than I thought to kind of get things going in the right direction. And that defense, Sean Payton deserves blame for as well. That was a defense that last year was seventh in total offense allowed, or total defense, I should say. This year, they're dead last. Dead last. And I know Vance Joseph, and rightfully so, is getting a lot of heat for that. But there's also blame on Payton's plate because he hired him. He made that decision. He brought the former head coach of the Broncos in to run the defense, and it's been an unmitigated disaster. That does fall partly on Sean Payton's shoulders. So it seems, especially after that win against the Broncos, where uh, against the Chiefs, where the Broncos' defense played a lot better and offensively did enough to win the game, that things maybe are turning the corner, but they're 3-5, and five, so I don't think they're turning the corner enough to make a run in the playoffs this year. And I really thought that was where this team was heading, that they had enough talent to make a playoff run this season. Not been the case. That's why, for me, they've been the most disappointing, where I had high hopes for them coming in, and they've been dashed pretty quickly here. 855-212-4227. At Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Which team so far halfway through this NFL season has been the most impressive? Who has been the biggest disappointment? We'll take your thoughts and also when we do return here. I got bad news for everyone. It's over. We're screwed. Robots are taking over the world. I'll explain why when we do return. Ryan Hickey with you. Where else? Right here on CBS Sports Radio. It's Hick at Night with Ryan Hickey. You know to talk sports? I'm Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports. We're a place to be. You want to talk robots taking over the uh, over the world? Also, the right place to be. I read something today, Ryan, that really freaked me out. And that was, I think, the beginning of the end of humanity as we know it. Humanity's been gone already. This the, is just the final straw? This is the final straw. This is the, the clock, the, the doomsday clock has now officially started ticking down. Uh, our time is limited. It has come out that the company Dictator, Polish company, has announced they are making an AI robot become their CEO. So now we have the first company to hire, as they are calling them, a humanoid robot to run the company and be the CEO. This is like, we are screwed. This is maybe you're smarter. You are a smarter man than me, so maybe you can explain this to me. What is the obsession with the robots? Uh, Why do we keep on giving them more human-like powers and wanting them to be like us? Because They are going to kill us. Because they don't show emotion, one. Two, they don't stop working unless there's something breaking them down. And three, they're probably the most efficient and fastest thinking and problem-solving people, things in the world. So that's probably why they want to do it. But giving them human abilities and, like, qualities, that's not a good thing for me. Like, so are we going to wipe out now 80% of the jobs on this planet? Are, are 80% of people going to be jobless and homeless now? Is that, is that what we're going for here? Are they more like more efficient, won't stop working 24-7, never leave the office? Like, what are we doing here? It's like Wally, The movie Wally. Never seen it. Never seen Wally. I am Disney? very no? uncultured. Oh, I know my. Wally. It's a good uh, movie. But I'd never say I saw 
Okay, Terminator. It's like Terminator. Never seen that either. You've never seen? Okay. Uh, I told you, I'm not cultured. Terminator. It's a problem. That's like a worldwide known thing. When it co- I just watched Sopranos last year for the first time. I haven't seen Sopranos, so it's okay. Wow. That's... I would say not watching Sopranos is worse than not watching Terminator. No. No, it definitely is. It's a lot longer. It's fair. Sopranos, anyway, it's bigger It's bigger in society. But, like, you, I'm reading more of this article again, and now they're trying to... They are trying to, like, give human-like qualities to these freaking robots. If you want a friend, just go make a friend, man. Like, that, like that's, I think, is honestly, what's part of this? Why do we keep it, like... Does no one else really think these robots are going to not just take over? Not just kill us? In the code, supposedly, like, there's, there's, a, there's a thing written in that they shouldn't have the ability to have consciousness over, like, themselves. So, hopefully, they don't figure out how to fix that and get, get themselves, like, the brain and... Are us. we sure about that? We're not 100% sure. So, this robot CEO of this company, Dictator, her name... Micah. Now, apparently in 2016, Micah had a sister, Sophia, who at a conference said she would destroy humans. So, sure, it's been... You know, I need to see proof of that. That Before I start... That freaks me out. And I... I the, the robot infatuation is one that I am not on board with. I am out. I don't want robots looking like humans. I don't want them functioning like humans. I don't need them taking our jobs. I don't need a robot CEO. Let me ask you this, Ryan. If our boss, Spike Essing right now, retired tomorrow, was pushed out for a robot, are you listening to a robot tell you what to do? Maybe. Maybe. If they would kill me, yes. So now we're slaves to the robots. So now we're creating these robots to take over the world, and now we are going to work for the robots. Okay. Well, what do you mean, okay? You're okay, okay with that? Are you going to take them out? Are you going to take the robots out? I would like to. That's like Terminator. And then they got to do that. Unplug them? I mean, can you kill them? That's also my fear. Like, can a gun and, you know, can you kill them? I don't know. Have you seen the new Mission Impossible? No. Okay, I can't help you then. That That's what the plot of the movie is. Exactly what you're speaking is the plot of the movie. Like, why? Okay, so these movies obviously are fake. Why are we trying to make reality these fake robot movies? Because it makes money. What does the robots? No, like having the, having the idea of a robot run your company makes money. So like, yeah, it oh. makes money for what two people? Yeah, and then everyone else is fired. There's greed. This, uh, this, if this is allowed, I'm telling you, we are like we are not making it to the year 2040. Uh, at 2045, I like that number better. Oh my god. This. They like they even made her look. Her. Here I am talking about a robot as a female. They make her look like a, a real woman-ish. They put they put glasses on her. Is a it, robot does not need is glasses. Is it a computer or is it like a person? No, it's a person. It's a it's a literally a robot. Okay, that's weird. She's got clothes on, long hair, glasses, a face like a human. Now robot arms, which are not attractive whatsoever. But what are we doing? Like I feel like I'm like the like I look at this. I'm like this is like this is our doom and. It just happened. Like, we are watching the demise of humanity in front of our face, and, like, no one's doing anything about it. Okay, yep. That's the next evolution. Human uh, Robots going to come in now, start bossing us around. I'm sure they'll have no idea, you know, wow, we're so much more efficient than the humans. Why don't we just get rid of them and just take over and run this run this company into, you know, 100% efficiency, zero waste. 
Work 24-7, 365, no holidays, no birthdays, no time off, no vacations, no sleeping. Next thing you know, the Earth in like 2070 is run by robots. And when the aliens come and visit, maybe even they might be freaked out. I, I'm just saying, if a robot had to live out our lives with what we do, with all the emotions and feelings, they would not last. So then why would we do this in the first place? Because it's cool. Robots are cool. They are not cool. They're not. They're pretty cool. They are not real people. But they're cool. They are programmed to try to be like a human. If that, if you are making a fake person, just go make a friend down the street. But can this fake person go do like backflips and stuff? Do back? I don't. Yeah. <sighs> the million dollar man. I know what you're doing. And it's actually freaking me out. You're making nice of the robots right now. 100%. You know the takeover is coming. And you don't want to be on my side. I'm trashing them and saying they should be eliminated. I'm going to be one of the first eliminated. You're going to be safe. You're yeah, going to be I'll, working, I'll be for, the working for them. Yeah, that's the goal. Well, I hope you like 24-7. No sleep, no food, no water. I'm not a robot. That's the life. But, I mean, the robot doesn't know what a human is like. The robot has no idea what it's like to be hungry or thirsty or tired. That's so their downfall. They can't empathize with you when you say, okay, it's 5 o'clock. It's quitting time. I'll see you later. They say, where, where are you going? Back to work, buddy. We're overthinking this. I, think I don't think I'm thinking so- about it enough. We have a solid five years before this starts happening. I got a lot of life to live. We have five years to fix it. I got to see the Mets it. win a World Series. That's never going to happen. I got to see Penn State win a national title. I am not kidding. I am not leaving this earth until those two things happen. I don't care about anything else. I need to see a Mets World Series and a Penn State National Championship before I die. I will will myself. I'll turn into a robot if I have to. Whatever it takes. What if you become a robot? Like, you put yourself in a robot. Can I feel joy? I don't want to be a robot if the Mets win and I feel nothing. I'm not signing up for that. I'd say yes, you can feel things. Hmm. Still no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, sleep with the enemy. No way. No way. Disagree. Jeez. Well, good. We know like who the sellout is here. We, everyone knows who the sellout is here when the robots take over. Ryan's running right to him, bowing down at their feet and say, thank you. Our savior is here. Okay, you'll be the guy from Blade Runner. I hope you've seen that movie, too. You've not seen Blade Runner? Nope. Okay. Couldn't even tell you what it's about. Robots and humans, and they're trying to kill the robots. How do they kill them? They shoot them. I'm not, I, I don't buy that, that guns would work for it's like, robots. It's like, a, it's like a, they do a test, like a, a truth or like a lie detector test. It was off a book. So it's like a lie detector test. It tells you if you're a robot or not. And then Harrison Ford, is his job is to assassinate them. So you'd be, you'd be Harrison Ford. Okay. You gotta learn some some tricks here, but I'm ready. I, I will. I will. I don't want to do spoil the duty. movie for you, so I'm not gonna tell you anything. I more. promise, I will not be watching Blade Runner anytime. Okay, the, the the end of the movie is a cliffhanger, so he might be a robot himself. Oh, there's a twist. Yeah. Wow. Take one to no one, you guys. You know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <sighs> Boy, we're in trouble. We are in trouble. That is to say the least. I am here trying to warn everyone and keep everyone safe. Ryan, just run it up to him and uh, and play nice with the robots. Okay. 855-212-4227. It's Ryan Hickey, a robotless CBS Sports radio show with you right here. There's no coach in college football that has done more with less in, the three, in three years than Lincoln Riley. And if you're an NFL team, there's been rumors. I don't say you can hire Lincoln Riley as your next head coach and how you have faith that he'll take you to the promised land. 
Like, this is a guy we just saw with a generational quarterback in Caleb Williams who is being talked about, right, in the same realm as Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck. Can't miss prospect. Generational prospect. And Lincoln Riley, with that generational prospect, has managed to win zero conference titles, make zero college football playoff appearances, and now, after losing to Washington, is out of the top 25 after losing three out of the last four. You can't have that level of talent at the most important position of all of sports and have nothing to show for it. And the sad part is, if you're a USC and even Oklahoma fan, is that the fix is super easy. You don't have to have an elite defense. You don't need a Georgia record-breaking 2021-like defense in order to make the college football playoff with Caleb Williams as your quarterback. You don't need a great defense. You don't need a pretty good defense. You don't even need a good defense. You need below average. You need anything but worse than the country. Worse than the conference. Historically bad defense. You have that going for you. You are making the college football playoff. You look between Oklahoma and USC. The two and a half years that Caleb Williams has been a starter under Lincoln Riley. The losses, they've had eight of them combined in the two and a half years so far. The average offense in those losses have scored 31 and a half points per game. Caleb Williams is doing his job. It's not like they're scoring 10 points and they just can't get anything going. They are scoring. Look at last Saturday against Washington, 52 to 42. Your defense needs one stop and you win the game. You can't even get one stop. Riley has failed miserably to put a competent team, but especially a competent defense around Caleb Williams. And that's not going to change in the NFL. So if you're a team like the Bears, who maybe could possibly get the first and second overall picks, don't think about a Caleb Williams-Lincoln-Riley marriage. If you're the Cardinals and you want to inexplicably fire John and again after one year, and you want to draft Caleb Williams, don't think about doing a one-and-done, or a package deal, I should say, and bringing Lincoln Riley over with Caleb Williams. Lincoln Riley, I don't think he's got enough, honestly, uh, enough blame and enough realization for how he has fumbled the bag. Generational quarterback, nothing to show for it. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing by Lincoln Riley. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. We're talking quarterbacks, and we're talking robots here on CBS Sports Radio. Lee's got some robots on the mind. What's up, Lee? Not much, Ryan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. All I have to say is it's about darn time that you're on prime time. I mean, I like Bart. I like Zach. I like Jody McDonald. But you're the reason why I listen to CBS Radio, man. So, and because of things like what you said about the robots, you are so spot on with that. Bottom line is, when we make a, an artificial intelligence that is as smart as humans, they're going to realize that they are superior to humans because they are not biologically bound. To anything. They, and like you were saying, they don't need to rest. They don't need to stop. They don't need to eat. They don't have emotions. Even though they might want emotions, that's the one thing that sets us apart. Granted, however, the problem is, is that when we make something as smart as us, they're going to realize that humans are the scourge of the earth, that we are what's destroying the earth, and therefore they're going to want to get rid of all the humans. They're going to want to wipe us out. And in my opinion, that's going to be the next step in evolution. 
you know, it's going to be social Darwinism all over again because the strong will survive, and they will kill the weak this time, and that's just how it's going to be, unfortunately. So Depressing, but truly. I think you are spot on. I appreciate the call, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Spot on. How do you feel about that, Ryan? You change your thoughts at all about being Mr. Pro-Robot? If I'm pro-robot, that just means I'm one step closer to being safe for 10 minutes more. Oh, my God. 10 minutes. You're going to throw us fellow humans under the bus so you can breathe for 10 more minutes to accomplish what? Have a sandwich? I was the last human. Take a walk? (laughs) As you go down, you're going to hold the the number one. I'm the number one human left. Yeah, I'm sure the, the robots will make a plaque for you. This is the last one that survived. Photo- photograph. Oh my god. I'm tr- I'm like I'm not kidding. I'm nervous about the robots. I'm truly nervous about a takeover here. I think that's how we kind of how humanity ends. Forget about climate change and an asteroid just wiping out the earth. I think we're gone because of the robots. Oh boy. All right. 855-212-4227. It's Ryan Hickey, the non-robot with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. When we return, I think the AFC is done. The team, I think, is going to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you next. It's Ryan Hickey right here. CBS Sports Radio.